What a great couple, powerhouse couple, that's for sure. Who's glad to be here tonight in God's house. It's a great place to be. Love what God is doing in our midst. We had eight people on uh, Thursday here at the Care Centre come for the first time. And guess what? All eight received Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. I think that's worth giving the Lord a bit of a bit of a clap offering. How's that for a ratio? Outstanding. And uh, it's this Wednesday night. We go into Dundas. Dundas. And I uh, should be able to say it. I only live there. And uh, that's, uh, that is exciting. We are expanding and we are moving forward and we're taking the gospel to the people. Don't you love that? Uh, it's just a wonderful thing we're doing in the uh, life of our church, which is really outstanding. Look forward to that. And uh, next Sunday night, put John Pierce in your diary. Invite people. This is an absolute honour to have the national director here in our house on that night. And uh, he can preach. I tell you what, he can preach. He is a mighty man of God. And uh, I really do look up to this great man. Uh, he's a great influence over my life. And I just want to encourage you to, to invite and get out and come and experience. It's going to be a stunning night. And uh, every time I've heard him preach, he's done a lot of, uh, you know, our leaders things around the uh, country at a lot of our national conferences. He did Real Men and uh, he packs a punch, I tell you what, he's, uh, the words that he brings just seem to be those words that kind of propel you in life and with your walk with the Lord, and uh, he's a real inspiration, so uh, uh, look out for that, it's going to be great, and then party time afterwards, who loves a good party? I know we do at Silverwater as long as there's food involved. We are happy, happy, happy. Well, here we go. Tonight we continue on this uh, wonderful series on the Beatitude. Who is enjoying it? Isn't it good just to uh, get into the Word of God and go deep into uh, what he's uh, saying through some really key uh, scriptures in the Bible? And this is one of those key ones. Uh, the Beatitudes, we find it in Matthew 5 uh, that goes through and talks about, you know, Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. It gives us a whole list of things. There's like eight kind of uh, characteristics or attitudes uh, that we can have in this life. And it, it tells us that we're blessed if we do them. I love the Word of God because when it gives us direction like that, it's not, the Word of God's never like grey, like it's really clear in some areas. And I just love that it's truth. And we base our lives on some of the things like this, like what we are reading in the Beatitudes, we can know that our life is going to be blessed. And to think about that meaning about uh, blessed that uh, the King, King Jesus laid out, it's like, this is Him. This is Him talking, King Jesus, you know, it's in red in our Bibles, here He is laying out, you know, you know, probably the greatest uh, preach of all time that we read, uh, His Sermon on the Mount, and we have these Beatitudes, and to think about that He wants to bless our life, that we could have this spiritual well-being, that we could have this prosperity, this deep joy in our soul, and I was reading a commentary this week, and uh, talked about this uh, idea of being blessed, and it said this, a foretaste of heaven. And as I read that, that just like, oh, I thought, wow, we can live on this earth and actually have a life that is so blessed that it is a foretaste of what we're going to experience in heaven. What a thought to think we can have that kind of, that kind of thing to move towards, that life is this, like such this, 
this inner joy and this, this way of living that it's a foretaste of heaven and this closeness with the Lord and this joy in our heart and this all these great things that bless means. that it's And that just hit me in the face and I thought, wow, a foretaste of heaven. So we're believing that for our church as we're going through this series, that it would really change people's lives, that people at the end of this series as we walk through these things and go, man, you know what? It is happening. And my prayer tonight is that you're already there and we're moving further into it, that our lives are blessed, that we feel blessed, that we know that God's hand is upon us. And as we base our life not on uh, what the TV says, not what the, uh, you know, the internet says, but what the Word of God says, that it will mold our lives, it will help our lives, and that we would truly be blessed and live like that, a foretaste of heaven. So tonight we're up to verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, peacemakers, blessed are the peacemakers. Just to think that we can be people on this earth that go into situations and bring an atmosphere, bring an environment of peace into that circumstance and that situation. And in that, we are truly bringing the DNA of God into that situation. And out of that, that we can be called sons and daughters, we can be called children of God, that out of that, God is proud of us and we are labeled, this great label about being sons of God, being children of God. That is a big calling, but that is a great label if we can truly go through life where we bring peace into the world and peace into situations. What a great thing for us to work towards, to be someone who brings peace. And out of that, we would have blessings on our life. Here tonight, are you a peacemaker? Are you someone who walks into circumstances? You walk into situations, you walk into storms. Do you bring peace or do you not? It's a good question just to ask of ourselves. Maybe something comes to our mind or a situation that we've just walked through in the, in the, in the past weeks or months and you, we think to ourselves, I didn't handle it too well. I probably didn't bring peace to the situation. I probably maybe even made it worse. And sometimes that happens in life and sometimes it's good to remember that and know that God can touch our worlds and we can be changed. And next time we hit a similar circumstance, we do a whole lot better in the same similar circumstance because God is working and He's molding our life. Are you a peacemaker? Are we bringing peace? Are we bringing that into the situation? So what's the biblical definition of a peacemaker? According to the Scriptures... A peacemaker is this. A peacemaker is someone who experiences the peace of God, as we read in Philippians, because he is at peace out of Romans, with the God of peace out of Philippians again, through the Prince of Peace, who indeed is our peace, as Ephesians says, and who therefore seeks to live at peace with all others and proclaims the gospel of peace so that others might have joy and peace in believing. What a great definition to know, that because we experience God and because God is peace and because Jesus is the Prince of Peace, that we can actually have that on our life because if we've got it, we can give it. But you can't give it if you haven't got it. We don't have to wander and read through, you know, old readings from some guy who was kind of, you know, 
peace, man. Like we can actually go to God and go to his word and go and follow, be a follower of Jesus Christ and know that the same peace that he has can be there for us so that we can go to situations where the rest of the people in that circumstance who don't know the Lord are struggling and we come in and we are the peacemaker. We are the one, we are the catalyst for change. We are the ones that do it in a way that it comes out completely different at the end of it because we are peacemakers, because we are peacemakers. We can get it from him and we can then give it out. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're justified by faith. We go to Him in faith. We're justified before God. And because of that, we have peace with God. And because of that, we have it in our lives and we can give it out in circumstances. It rules in our life. Peace rules. It's not worry. It's not anxiety. Overall, peace rules in our lives because of Him. Our God is a good God, and He sets our lives up to be spectacular, magnificent, because we can carry the peace of God with us. We can carry it and bring it time and time and time again, and it doesn't run out. We can bring it home tonight. We can take it to work tomorrow. We can take it into a family uh, situation this week that's looking bleak, but we bring the peace of God into that circumstance and that situation. It doesn't run out. If we keep going to Him, we keep getting it, and we keep giving it out. We can do it. We can do it. In Romans, there's a verse about the kingdom of God, and it starts off, and I'm a bit upset at the start of this verse, because it says the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, and I struggle with that part of the verse. But then it goes on and says, you know, but it's of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is about peace. It is about peace, and it's there in Scripture. And I love this. How good is this verse? 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. He is not the author of confusions. We declare here tonight, our God is the author of peace. Who's glad for that? He's the author of it. He's the one who put it in place. He is the author of peace. We need to be always going to Him, always going to God and receiving that so that we can live with it. Go to Him, God. He is the author. We make peace because we stand on the rock who is the author of peace. This is why I think it's so important. We just need to continually walk closely with the Lord, because when we're not with the Lord, all the other stuff starts taking over, and all the worries of life, and all the anxieties, and and all the things that stress us out, and, and all the things that make us flustered happen, but it's when we come to Him. We start getting clarity. We, we call out to help, and we say, God, you got to help me here. I want to carry your peace, because it's not always easy. This isn't like just easy. It's not like tonight, okay, we've got it forever, and we're going to be perfect at it, we're going to have to keep going to God time and time and time and time again. And as we do that, He can help us with it. We need to carry it, because if we don't have it, we can't give it out. This week on Tuesday night, I was at home, and uh, and uh, we live with some great neighbours around it. We're really blessed. We are uh, just really find them great people and great families. And I got a phone call from my neighbour, 
the phone call said Linda neighbor that's her that's how it is in my phone and I like answered it and there's my next door neighbor on the phone kind of in like half a stressful whisper and she's like oh Hartley did uh, so I think someone just was at my door did, did anyone did anyone come to your doors and she was she was quite stressed she was home alone her husband was out and and, and she thought she heard a doorbell go and I don't know but maybe she was scared and but she she was stressed now I was as cool as a cucumber because I'm like I'm just at home and there was no knock and run on my door there was no I didn't hear any noise outside and I was just at total peace I was just able to just so easily say look no we haven't heard anything from this end and then I'm like I opened my front door it wasn't like I was like oh this open the front door and I'm like yeah I um, can't see anyone like I'm still on the phone like no it's all it's good out here Linda it's all quiet no no one and all of a sudden it kind of dawned on me because in that moment now nothing had happened to scare me so but obviously in that moment I just had complete peace I didn't have to worry about some guy out the front door. I just walked out the door like I normally would, whether it was 8 o'clock in the morning or 8.30 at night. And I carried this piece and you could just tell it so helped her because she was like, oh, it was like, okay, okay, maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'm hearing things or it was a toy or whatever. And, but I just thought so often, if we're carrying it, we can deliver it. We can deliver it. And I know it was just a, a huge highlight to me of the difference but obviously, if I'd had some stuff happen and I wasn't as kind of cool, it would have, oh, yeah, I had some stuff too. And some guy knocked and he's not there. And, but I was just like, cool. It was just easy. And I was able to just to comfort her in that moment and bring it. And so often there's situations where we just have to, uh, we just need to show up, carry the peace, go into the faith mode. Who knows we need the faith mode sometimes? Because we hit circumstances and situations with our family and our friends and our work colleagues where it, it just needs faith. There's, there's things that are really big in people's worlds, facing massive mountains. And sometimes we've got to come in and we've got to come in with faith. Everyone say, with faith. We've got to go with faith because I reckon it's the faith that is where the peace comes from. Knowing that God reigns, knowing that He's in control, knowing He's a good God, knowing that prayer can turn this whole thing around, knowing that and believing that He can move. It's this kind of faith that we can have that makes all the difference. If we can carry the faith into the situation, we can turn areas that are full of fear and worry and anxiety straight and turn them around. We can take the anointing that we carry into these situations. This beautiful anointing that God wants for all of us, where we get filled up with the touch of the Holy Spirit and we bring it and we bring it and we bring it into circumstances and situations and it turns around. We can be a great example. We can come into situations, bring faith and hope and love, inject faith into them, bring peace into them and make a really big difference in the lives around us. See, as a peacemaker, not only do you get really blessed, says there, you know, we're blessed, but also the people around you. You could bless the people you interact with if you live this out in your life. Pastor Phil says this, peace is a signature of God. It is the thumbprint of God in your soul. The thumbprint of God in your soul. What a beautiful thing. God is the God of peace. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. It's where we get it. We receive it. It's a great way to live life. Great way to live life. Because things come against us. I love Philippians 4, 6 and 7. 
Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with thanksgiving, prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. The peace of God. What do we do? We go to him in prayer. What happens? His peace comes on and it guards our heart and our mind. Who knows, so often we're walking into situations. Sometimes we know we're walking into a storm. What do we do? We call out to God. We heard a phenomenal story this morning about Jaden and his journey with the Lord and the situation with his father. And there was a time where, you know, as a young man, he, uh, uh, when he was in year six, he told his father he was going to a Christian school and his father threw him out of the house. He had to walk home in the dark four or five kilometers. And then it's like the season came around again where he had to tell his father he's a, he, he's, he's a devout Christian. He's getting water baptized. And uh, he said he spent a few hours in prayer before he went to deliver the word. And the story goes, as he told his father, his father actually said, son... I'm proud of you. But the prayer, the prayer, the prayer, I'm sure, had a significant, you know, impact on that situation. Be a prayer. Be a prayer. Even when the storms come, we can carry the great peace. That story of Jesus himself in the storm in Mark 4. We've got this story, and they're out there on the boat, and pick it up in verse 37. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was, it was already filling. We're not talking like a light little onshore breeze here. We're talking like this is sinking a boat. This is significant. But he was in the stern, this is Jesus, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? What a story. Number one, Jesus carried the peace. He's asleep. I'm sure this boat was not very level in that moment, but he carried the peace. He woke up with the peace. He declared peace. And the whole atmosphere changes. The whole atmosphere changes. The storm disappears. Do you know we can have the same impact in our world where we go into situations, we carry the peace, we declare the peace, and the whole atmosphere and the whole circumstance changes because of us being there, carriers of the presence of God, carriers of an anointing of the Holy Spirit on our life, going into the situation and turning it all around. And things get thrown at us all the time, don't they? And it's a great chance sometimes to try and be a shining light. I can remember for my wife and I, the first three properties we ever lived at as a married couple were all like duplexes. The first one were in this like lower duplex. We got on so well with the, uh, the neighbors, the owners above. And then we went into another duplex. This time we uh, lived for like seven years in an upper duplex. And uh, the owner was down below and we got on so well with him. We were there for seven years and it was unreal until we just knew there was another kid coming, kid two, and we had to move. And then we moved to the third place we ever lived together. And I can clearly remember 
pulling up. To, it was like this big kind of Italian house and it had like a two-bedroom kind of uh, lower duplex. And as I remember clearly as I was uh, unpacking some goods, just as I was moving and looking up and thinking, man, these neighbours, the people who live up above, because they weren't the owners, they were other renters, they're going to be so happy that we're moving in. I specifically remember thinking that I thought, I would love to live next to the tailors or above the tailors or below the tailors. Like, we're good people. We don't argue loudly. Like, we've got a lot of love flowing. I'm thinking, this is good. These people are going to love us. We're going to make friends yet again. How wrong I was. See, what had happened, we moved to this house. I think it was at that stage where I was like tossing up, do you even get a home phone or do you just use your mobiles? Who's had that dilemma at some stage in life? You go, why do I need a home phone? Why pay for home phones? I don't use it anyway. Well, that was a situation like that. But what I realized is we got the worst reception because it was like half into this hill. I'm like, we're going to have to get the home phone. So I remember I'd been with Optus at the previous house and I remember moving into this new house and I'm like, well, we're going to have to go and get, you know, the home phone set up. And I remember ringing Optus and they're like, oh, we've yeah, we, we've got some problems. The line's owned by Telstra and I think it's been disconnected. I'm like, can this be that hard? Don't you just flick a switch and I plug in the phone and bring, bring, I'm making phone calls. However, this thing went on for day after day, week after week. And what was happening, I kept going up to the like socket and plugging in my phone and it was weird. I'd like pull it in and it wouldn't work. And a couple of times I heard other people talking. I'm like, random, pulled it out, rang Optus and like, it's not working, it's not working. Anyway, one day I'm at work and the guy upstairs comes down and blasts my wife has this mega go at us saying, you're tapping into our phone, you're doing this, you're listening to all of my kids' conversations. Who knows that the tailors don't do that? But this guy was assured that was what we were doing on purpose. This thing just went south really, really quick. And they were just not hearing our side of the story. It got so bad that the owners of the house decided to invite both couples over for dinner to try and see if some peace could be made of the situation. Worst dinner of our entire married life, I'll tell you right now, as we sat there opposite this couple and before dinner was served, it was like time to to start talking about this situation. And I literally stood there really calmly and said sorry 4,322 times. Just continually said, look, I'm if we've done anything to offend you, we are sorry. We intended nothing. Like, just being really honest, we hadn't intended to do anything wrong. We just wanted the, the phone to work. And this, this gentleman would not hear it. He would not accept the apology. We went on, and, and in the end, I just had to say, look, we may as well eat. I've shared, you know, how we feel, and you're not... Ex-. So anyway... It just didn't work out that well. But I, you know, I didn't go in with all guns blazing. I didn't, you know, make, make it worse. I just went in. And uh, the funny thing was the, the, the Italian family later on went and had a chat to us and actually commended us on how we'd handled the situation and how we'd gone about everything. They were really impressed. We still never won them over to the day we left. It was a glorious day when we moved out west, I'll tell you. We were happy to leave our neighbours on that occasion. But you know what? Even if it doesn't work out, we still go into the situation. We try and do it in a way where it's not putting, you know, more kindling on the fire. It's not chucking wood on the fire. It's not chucking, you know, some, uh, some petrol on the fire. We try and come in the best we can. We try and put water on fires. 
We try and bring some peace. We say sorry where we need to say sorry. We be honest where we need to be honest. And we just let things fall from there. And we did that that day. And I don't know what those people now think of us. Obviously, we're probably far from their minds. But it was good that even the other people saw us, uh, the, the, the owners of the house, and saw that we were, you know, just trying to make, you know, this thing work. And we shone before them. But let's do our best because we are representatives of Jesus Christ. We are representatives of Jesus Christ day in, day out. Day in, day out. Let's do our very best. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We trust in Him. We get His joy, His peace, and we live it out. Proverbs 15, 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I just think as I think about peacemaker, I think so often that that kind of voice that we can use is a really good thing, the calm voice in situations. I think it just carries something instead of the loud, you know, maybe kind of angry voice. The situations, we're all going to hit them, whether it's in the family home, whether it's out in the workplace, on the job site, whatever, just to keep, keep calm about things. Try and put the water on the fires that we, uh, we embark on in life and not, not do it the other way around. And even here tonight as we're in worship, I really uh, I felt like the, the Lord say, you know, there's some people here and you've, you've been around an environment where, you know, often, you know, that angry kind of loud kind of voice has been used in the family home. And I believe the Lord here tonight wants to say, you don't have to do it that way. You might have seen it done that way. You might be starting to walk down that pathway, but you don't have to go that way. The Bible talks about in Him, in Christ. When new creations, the old is gone, the new has come. God is always wanting to take us to other places. And I, I believe tonight for some of us, like, oh, that's how I saw it done. That's how I saw Dad do it. That's how I saw Mum do it. And it's like f- flowing through into our lives. We can stop that with the help of God. We can stop that with the help of God. A new creation, the old has gone, the new has won. And there's times in our lives where, you know, I'm not saying be a walkover in life, but sometimes... Don't try and win the argument. You're better off to lose the argument and win the person. Don't be one of those people who always has to win. Those people are not nice in life. I wouldn't call them peacemakers if they've always got to win their argument. Be a peacemaker. Be a peacemaker. Maybe there's something here tonight we're thinking, you know, I've got to go back to that situation. It hasn't gone well and maybe an act of kindness can start to turn that thing around. Actually go and try and make something of what was once maybe really not good and turn the thing around. Jesus says, you know, when you come into your house, let your peace rest upon it. What a beautiful thing. Your peace rest upon it. If you're like someone who likes to, you know, arc up in situations and you maybe don't mind, you know, almost a little bit of an argument fight, just pick it with the devil. If you've got that on the inside of you, just go with it. Don't... uh, do it for people, do it against him, remembering, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's where we should be focusing a bit of fight, if we've got it on the inside of us, against the ploys of the enemy, not against our partners, our wives, our husbands, our children, our family, our friends, our work colleagues. Let's pick the fight where the fight needs to be picked. Let's put our energy into that, but be peace with other people. 
Let's live to the level that they want us, Jesus wants us to live at. It says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This peace, the world doesn't know this peace. Because this is this beautiful godly peace that we deliver because it's in us and we can take it out to others. And it's not like, oh, we're just pushovers in life. There's times where, you know, we hold our line, we speak clear truth. It doesn't mean that we have to get, you know, so upbeat and uptight. We just make situations worse than they already were or take it down a bad pathway. We can achieve great things in life with great character, bringing peace. And I love the example of the ultimate peacemaker in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. I just, one of the stories that I love about Jesus is uh, when he's in the garden. He's in the garden and uh, all Gospels uh, record Jesus in the garden. You know the story where, uh, you know, his disciples can't even stay awake to stay uh, with him in this, this, this kind of time where he's calling out, you know, if it can be any way that God can take away what he's about to go through. One of the bits that I love in Luke 22, we, uh, we hear about this because it's a cool story because it's a great story about what Jesus brought into this situation, which I don't think many of us would quite do as well as Jesus did. And uh, it says, uh, and while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those around him saw what was going to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And before Jesus got his answer out, it says, And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, Permit even this? And then it says this. This is only recorded in Luke's gospel. And he touched his ear and healed him. I love that. I love that. I'm just thinking about what was happening in that moment. Jesus is about to be taken off to be crucified. He's been up. He's been sweating, you know, drips of blood. He's at a point in life where there was, if there was ever going to be a time to maybe show some cracks, I reckon that could have been those times. But here we have Jesus about to be portrayed. He's not saying get the swords out. He's saying no. One of them got him before he gets there. What does he do? He heals the ear. He brings peace. He doesn't let the thing go out of control. Jesus, the ultimate peacemaker. Why the other Gospels don't record that bit, I'm not sure. Luke, he was a doctor. Maybe he's like, oh, I'm into medicine. I love this bit. and I'll record that. But it happens in the Word of God. Jesus showing us such a great way to be, such a great way to be. Because he says after that, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? He's just there and he doesn't, doesn't like it like this. He doesn't want it to be that. He's the, he's the ultimate peacemaker. He's a great example for our life. Let's make sure water on the fire. Water on the fire. I can remember years ago, been in a meeting right here, up in where we have our little prayer room. Simon McIntyre was the previous pastor before Nat, Natalie and I, and I remember there was a couple that wanted to have a chat, and Simon pulled me into this meeting, 
and uh, this couple was, some stuff had happened and they were just firing arrows. And I can just remember sitting there, young man, young pastor, watching an experienced pastor of, you know, 35 plus years, just not do anything to kind of rev up the situation. If he thought it was right to say, no, I agree with you, he said, I agree with you. If he thought it was right to kind of nod or, or do, he just went along really calm. There was nothing in that meeting that could have done it any worse than what it already was for them, but he left it and it was almost like just God's presence, although it was a tough conversation and they were upset over some things. It just, it carried this beautiful presence in a tough moment. He brought it he, and it was Simon who brought the peace. It wasn't them. I was like the little observer, but he brought peace and as a young pastor, I sat there and I watched and I observed him in that moment. Sometimes we just got to do all we can, even if it's really hard. So how are you at this? How are you as a peacemaker? Is it a struggle for you? Do you struggle sometimes with your dealings with family and friends and neighbours, work colleagues, clients, whatever it is? I want to encourage you here tonight that we have great help in him. We have the greatest help. We go to Him. We go to God. We pray. We ask for help. We ask that He would settle us down sometimes. We ask that the tone of our voices in conversations would be at a good place. We try and lead in this way. We carry. We represent Him and we can do it really, really well. I love my wife in our household because there's the odd time. I'd say it's, you know, probably once or twice a week where with young kids where they're just at that kind of tipping point where the kids are, they're struggling. It might be due to tiredness or a big day at school and they're starting to go into that kind of little, kind of crazy period and, uh, and I don't always know how to, uh, how to respond, to be honest with you. I sometimes just want to go, get to bed, like I want to kind of do that and, and I've just learned that Nat is just a genius at just doing a beautiful way of bringing some stability, bringing some peace, bringing some calm. And so often the kids are going crazy. But sure enough, most times, a few minutes after that, everything's settled down. She's worked it out. She knows a bit of the reasoning behind what's happening. She reasons with them. Before I know it, they're happily going off to bed. Thank the Lord for Natalie and not myself in those situations. But there's things that we can all do. Let's bring his presence into all circumstances, all situations. Let's bring it. Be peacemakers. Be peacemakers. And the band comes right now. That'd be great. Go in calm. Know who was always with us in all circumstances. Lean on him for guidance and direction. What you should say, when you should say, when you should be silent, when you speak up. But let's be peacemakers. Jesus has asked us to do this. But he says we are blessed when we do it. Let's be people who carry it. Let's get it from him in him and carry it into circumstances, carry it into situations. Let's be great examples to the world of people who carry peace. Because there's things happening around the world right now. And what makes us different? We carry the love.
We carry the love in our mouth. We carry it in our eyes. We carry it in our heart for people. And that'll be what makes us stand out. That'll be what makes us different. It'll be the love. It'll be His love. His love that this world so desperately needs. We can truly shine. We can make a difference. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And as I draw to a close here tonight, before I end the service, we just want to ask something else here tonight. And I'm sure if I was to go around the room individually and say, hey, would you like to spend your eternity in heaven? I'm pretty sure that everybody would give me the same answer. And that answer would be a really bold yes. But here right now in this meeting, I just want us to take a moment because we want to go there. But are we all, every single one of us, 100% sure if we were to breathe our last breath that we would end up in heaven here tonight? And if you are unsure, even just a little bit, if you are unsure in any way here tonight, let's make sure. Let's make 100% sure. And in a moment, I'll give you an opportunity. I'll ask you to raise your hands. See, I talked about how good the Bible is directing us in life, and it's so clear about how we get to heaven. It's not because our parents took us to church. It's not because we did this course or we've done this. There's one way to heaven. It's when we as humans know that we are sinners. The Bible says, for all of us, have sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We need to in our lives make sure at some point we say, I know I'm a sinner. And the Bible says that the penalty of that is death. But there's good news. And His name was Jesus Christ. And He came and He died on a cross. And He took all of our sins onto that cross. And if we would just believe in Him, accept Him into our hearts, he went there for us if we would do that. And all of our sins are taken away and we stand right before God. And it's in that place we can have 100% assurance that we are on our way to heaven. Not that we want to get there, we know we're going there. There's no bigger question in this life. This is as big as it comes. Eternity in heaven. Eternity in heaven. And if you're here tonight, and you're not 100% sure in a moment, I will ask you to raise your hand. You might be here tonight and you've never said a prayer that just says, God, I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry and I want to repent. I want to turn around. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord in a moment. I'll lead you in that prayer. And if you've never said it, tonight can be your night to say it. Maybe you've once said it, but you know in your heart of hearts, and this will be something only you know, you've once said that prayer, but you've slipped away you're far from God right now. You might be here tonight, but you know what living is like during the week. You feel far from Him and you'd like to come back in a moment. I'll ask you to raise your hand. Or maybe you're here tonight and you're just really not sure. You're like, Hartley, I don't know if I was to die, if I was going to heaven. Don't be unsure. Here tonight, we can be sure together. So could everyone just bow their heads, close their eyes just to take away distractions. If you're here tonight and you're in one of those three categories, 
You've never said a prayer that says, I'm a sinner, I'm sorry, I'm turning around, I want Jesus into my life. I'll get you in a moment to raise your hand. Secondly, if you've said that prayer before, maybe many times, but you know you've slipped away, you know you're far from God and you'd like to return, in a moment I'll ask you to raise your hand. Or thirdly, if you're here tonight and you're not 100% sure of where you would spend eternity if you were to leave this earth, I would like you to raise your hand also. So right now, if you're in any of those categories, could you slip up your hand boldly here tonight and say, yes, Hartley, that's me. Yes, Hartley, I need to say that prayer you're talking about. Who is there here tonight? You're saying, yes, Hartley, I need to say that prayer. I'm far from God. I've never said that prayer. I've said it before, but I've slipped away. or I'm unsure of my eternity. Who is there here tonight saying, yes, Hartley? Yes, Hartley, that's me. you sure? Are you sure? If you're not, raise your hand. If you're not 100% sure of your eternity in heaven tonight, raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. A room of people saved. Thank you, Jesus. Can we stand to our feet? Holy God, holy God. Peacemakers. Peacemakers. Can we just close our eyes? Dear God in heaven, we ask on this night that you help all of us, that we would be carriers, we would be carriers of peace, that Father God, you would help us, you would help us to do this and do this well, that Father God, that we can be great representatives in the earth, that we can represent you well, that we can go into circumstances and situations and be calm and centered, Lord God, carrying your presence and the peace of God wherever we go, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord God. Father God, that you're helping us. Lord God, that here tonight, each and every one of us can do this better and better and better as we go forward. We thank you, Lord God. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory that here tonight, we are peacemakers in Jesus' name. And the church at Silverwater said, amen. Why don't we give the Lord a great round of applause? Fantastic. God is good. What a great night it's been. Why don't we end on a song here tonight before we head out for coffee here together? Come on, church. You've got a few moments. Let's dig in. Lift your heart. Only a moment in His presence. And our whole life can change. Come on.